Hello everybody, welcome back to a special coronavirus edition of Double Shot Podcast. Of course you got the usual two, John and Hector, on the line here. Hector, how ravaged is the H-E-B in Walmart in Del Rio right now? Oh my god, dude, there's lines all around the corner of the buildings right now. They're, they're only letting 50 people in at a time, which in my opinion is kind of a little bit of people because they're big ass stores. Um, but yeah, dude, I went to, I was trying to get some eggs so I can make some chicken tenders tonight <laughs> and I went to, uh, I went to Walmart and the line was all the way to the back of the store. So then I was like, nah, I don't have, got, I don't got time for this. So then I went to the dollar, there's a dollar general, there's a new dollar general out by the lake. So uh-huh. I went all the way out there thinking I was going to outsmart everybody. That was barren. So then I came <laughs> all the way back to the dollar general by my house. It was done. Like, oh man, I'm so pissed. Man, that's fucking wild. How is a line to the back of the store? That is wild. Yeah, well, and then it's like, I don't even, like, it might be, it might look like a lot more people than it is because they have to be so far apart. But still, dude, I'm not about to sit out there and wait. It gets hot down here. Yeah, my dad works at the HEB, and he's telling me that, like, people are fucking camping out like Black Friday and waiting there for the store to open. Are you serious? Yeah. Wow. And that... Yeah, and that he has people, he still has people, um, like, coming out to the register with, like, a cart full of milk and toilet paper, and when they tell them that they can't do that, they, like, throw a huge-ass fit about it. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck are you gonna do with all that? Exactly, it's just gonna go, the the milk is gonna go bad, you're not gonna drink it all right away, the toilet paper's gonna be sitting in there forever, for absolutely no reason at all. Like, I'm not yeah. saying that this isn't something serious that's going on. What I'm saying is the toilet paper is not going to fix you. <laughs> I don't understand it. Yeah, seriously. That's yeah, – it's so it's so goddamn stupid. Oh, man. I really I – mean, I mean, we obviously have no clue when this is going to uh, go away. Um, I work in a hospital, and I've heard some people throw out the idea of things being cleared up by June – um, I think that's uh, more on the optimistic side. I would be surprised if everything is back to normal, like by September. But uh, man, that's wild that people are acting this way. Like, come on, like it's not—it's not like it's not like the war has hit our ground. Like it's a—it's yeah. People, we're just asking you to be fucking cleaner. Like yes, <laughs> you don't need to empty the HGB when you don't cleaner. have to be outside. Yeah, and just fucking. Just chill. This is, it's literally, it's, at the most that we are being asked of right now is to do the least thing possible. Like, all we have to do is just chill, kick back, watch some Netflix, or, you know, just play video games, do something. Uh, uh, Unfortunately, watching sports is not an option unless you're watching reruns or classics. But, but, yeah, it's the simplest thing in the world. Literally, you couldn't ask me to do any less. You're just asking me to stay inside, not freak out. And, and yeah, I guess it's hard for some people to do that. If anything, I thought Del Rio would be more chill. Like, in Houston, it's actually pretty chill right now. Like, I can go to, I can go to like, any grocery store right now and be comfortable knowing that the majority of my groceries will be there. I think for us, in the, um, in the beginning, when it first kind of started, well, when it first kind of started hitting the United States, anyways... We were real chill about it. Um, then it, it, like, started spreading in San Antonio. And yeah. then you could kind of see the traffic in the grocery stores pick up. And then and then it became, like, this snap. Because even we didn't get hit with it until last week. 
So, well, officially, right? Because there's obviously many more cases, but not everybody's getting tested. So, uh, prior to last week, we had we didn't have any confirmed cases here in Del Rio, but it had already it had already been like a national thing. They had already declared it a pandemic and whatnot. So, so yeah, that's why once they started throwing those terms around and whatnot, uh, yeah, the the grocery stores were empty. I mean, it was quick. Water, toilet paper gone, eggs gone. I went to Walmart uh, when it first started kicking up because I kind of didn't believe it. I was like, there's no way. It's really that bad. There was not a single piece of meat at Walmart. Like, not even ground beef. Yeah, there was I heard. nothing, dude. It was crazy. It was crazy. And, and it's the food products are, are kind of being restocked, and they're staying a little longer now. But the water bottles and the, uh, and the toilet paper is still, like, and the cleaning supplies, you can't find any. <sighs> yeah, so hopefully for everybody else's sanity... I mean, there's no point in behaving this way, so I'm just hoping to God that this thing blows over so people can act like normal again. It's like, I mean, as long as you're staying clean and keeping to yourself, you probably don't have much to worry about. And, uh, yeah, for some reason, that sounds like a very hard thing to do right now. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. It's And, and I think, I, do you, I mean, do you remember when you, because I was... I would be I'll be the first one to say like I definitely when this was first happening overseas I definitely didn't take it very seriously or like very like I got hit I had never gotten the flu before and I got the mm-hmm. flu uh and I think the last week of February maybe or something in mid February something like that I got the flu and uh and I had never had it before so I was floored dude I had I've never taken I, I don't really take time off of work like for being sick or anything like that and i took the whole week off like i was just i thought i was gonna die for a second and then uh and then still at that point i was still kind of like man this is all kind of being blown out of proportion whatever like it's going crazy it wasn't until the whole it kind of seemed like when this for me literally when i took it seriously was when rudy gobert got it when when i saw that rudy gobert had gotten tested positive i was like oh shit like damn it's gonna it's in the nba and then then uh, i think it was that same night or the next night was when they decided to to postpone the season and at that no, was, point yeah no it was it was i think it was that same night yeah, because, yeah uh, at that point was when i was like oh fuck like, this is this is for real gonna be something big mm-hmm. yeah no um yeah i mean i guess you could say the same i kind of thought the same way um I kind of heard a little bit about it earlier, just, I mean, just from working in the hospital and uh, knowing people who are more uh, knowledgeable about things going on over there. I kind of uh, kept an eye on it. I didn't really think that it would escalate to the level that it is now. But, um, yeah, so it's just like, yeah, like you said, the Rudy Gobert thing. And then just things escalating at work, because, um, yeah. Cause, well, yeah, so, like, you get to see the, that be- firsthand, right? Yeah, like, being in the hospital, I mean, the hospital, I mean, it functions, like, I mean, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a hospital, and then just, like, one thing after another, you just notice the security and the safety uh, precautions just, like, ramping up bit by bit, like, mm-hmm. first it was, um, first it was the, uh, like, limiting visitors, like, not all your entire family can come up anymore, and then it was, um, you're only allowed one visitor for certain hours now. And then it became all of the entrances are closed except one. And in order to get into the hospital, they have to check your temperature. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, uh, and now today, um, today was my first day wearing a mask, like all throughout the hospital. Now they're giving everybody a mask to wear throughout the hospital. 
and uh, it just became, yeah, man, it's just, uh, I mean, I'm confident that, uh, like, by the end of the year, this thing will have, uh, not over with, but manageable, mm. and, uh, yeah, man, it's just kind of weird to, to, you know, be a part of it, because, like, I mean, it's not just being sick, you just, like, you know, people not working, uh, school ending early, not being able to see anybody, trying to explain to kids how they have to stay home at all costs. Like, it's it's just, it's just, it's just wild. It is. It's something that we've obviously heard about before, and it's happened multiple times throughout history. But I don't think ever to this extent for us. I mean, because even the, when, you know, when SARS and MERS happened and all that shit, it, it wasn't, to my knowledge, it wasn't, I mean, I, mean, I don't ever remember it being this kind of a panic here in the United States, like I know, obviously there was there was big outbreaks overseas, um, but I've never seen anything like this to where we're literally talking like shut down, don't do anything. And honestly, the only the only thing that that I feel like is gonna act is gonna like jumpstart the uh, for lack of a better term healing process of the nation is is it would be a nationwide shutdown, but that's possible like probably impossible for us to do here. Um, and even yeah. if they do, you know, numbers are saying so far that pe- uh, there's tons of people that aren't listening. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be really hard to be able to enforce something like that. But, <sighs> I mean, we can only control what we can control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, um, yeah, so, I mean, the purpose of us coming up with this podcast is to, you know, try to uh, be in uh you know, have our own platform and just our own way to just talk mm-hmm. about sports. And uh, it's not completely taken away, but it definitely makes it harder. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so it's it's really, we're in this position now where we don't really know what's going on from here. And, I mean, we don't we don't really have much to work on. I mean, we have people hopeful that, things will start picking back up sometime in the summer we've heard june or july but i mean i don't i don't think that's going to happen i mean all the major sports leagues are postponed the olympics got delayed a year yeah that was a Uh, big one dude the olympics not till 2021 it's interesting it's gonna be interesting to see how the fallout happens like are they gonna still do every four years or are they gonna do just a three-year break here you know what i mean yeah, I think they intend on just making the exception for this year and then getting back to the regular um, regular schedule for the following event. Right. But, um, yeah, I mean, for sure that wasn't going to happen. Like, we get concerned about, uh, you know, just going out in public in our own cities, like having everybody from all over the world together. Yeah, that's, I mean, begging, I mean, that's there a petri dish. And there were countries who already said that even if they do move forward, that they're going to withdraw. And I think once that happened, it was kind of the sign that things needed to stop. Yeah. So can we, I mean, it's safe to say, right, that we can just say bye to the rest of the NBA season. Like, I don't think there's any way that the finals are usually in June. We're talking about possibly, hopefully, maybe being out of the thick of it by June. Which would mean that <clears throat> May they they would think about bringing back the league. Best case scenario, so there's no point at that time, right? Um, I don't know. I mean, we still I had like it, what thirty games left or something like that. Twenty games, twenty something. There, there's like twenty, yeah, twenty to twenty five games left, 
And so, um, I mean, it just depends on when things are, I mean, of course, obviously it depends on when things are safe to resume and get back to it. And then at that point, we're, the league is going to have to decide what they think is most appropriate to do because, I don't know, I mean, if it's, if it's June or July, I mean, maybe they can play out the rest of the regular season and, and continue about the playoffs and then the season just ends like, uh, like in, like in, uh, like in late August or September instead right of the end of June. Right before football starts, that would actually be kind of cool. Yeah, and so it just depends on you know what uh, you know depends on when things are going to be safe again. I mean, I've heard if it ends soon enough that uh, maybe they can play a few more regular season games. Like, I don't think. I think what's out the window is a full on schedule. Like, I don't think that we can do an entire like make up the entire rest of the season and have a full playoffs um and then just uh and then resume the next season in October when it usually starts. I yeah. think what's I think what's going to have to happen is that depending on when it ends um I've heard uh I think the one that makes the most sense is uh wherever whenever the league picks back up just um the seeds where they are now just use that as nope. a playoffs and nope. just start the playoffs. Nope. Nope. Not, not? I'm not on board with that. No, not at all. Because we were, we were we were only four games behind, dude. We were gonna come back. The Spurs were gonna sneak back into the playoffs. We've been four games behind the entire year. Come Ex- on. Yeah, exactly. We have them right where we want them. They're not getting any further from us. We were about to kick it up, and and we were about to prove everybody wrong. I would rather them cancel it all and no one make the playoffs <laughs> than. Then do it again, and the Spurs not make it. I mean, if it's not, if if it's not safe to come back, like by September, I think that's going to be the reality of the situation. Like, I think, I think even just reclaiming this year depends on like basketball coming back in July. Yeah. But if it extends any further out than that, then um, I mean, they might be able to finish it, but. It would definitely delay the start of next year, which is the other argument that I've heard is that if they're if they're okay with delaying the following year, just uh, play so that the season ends like in September or October, and then pick up the following season like after Christmas. And so, uh, okay. yeah. I mean, so, but that but, would we'd end up having two short years, I guess, or something. So, how did it work in? What was what was the lockout season? Ninety eight. Or right, ninety eight, ninety nine, something like that. Uh, the, uh, yeah. Did did then, they uh, finish that season, or they started late? No, they started hella late on that one. That okay. that season that season was only fifty games, and then there was the other season in two thousand eleven. That was also a lockout year where they played sixty six games. Okay. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. Yeah. See, I don't. I don't know. I, I'm not sure. Did you see the whole spent the the proposal that Spencer didn't he had that uh, that he had gotten from somebody else on his Twitter? I think they were talking about like a big tournament, just the whole league wide single elimination, basically like a March Madness. Uh, I didn't see that. No, but the idea of that, uh, I don't really know about that. I, uh, I mean, I guess if they're really like pushed for time and like to salvage the season by naming a winner then if they have no other choice then I guess so but I I would 
I would prefer to try to find a way to salvage the playoffs. Like, even if it has to, if you have to end the season now, and you have to do, like, for the first round, like, a best of five instead of a best of seven or something like that. There's but, just uh, such a, there's so many factors that play in, though, because somebody is going to benefit and somebody's not from whatever you do, right? So let's say they wash the season and they just, fuck it, we'll pick back up next year. Then LeBron loses because he, we don't know how much time he has left. He's not showing any signs of slowing down, but we don't know. He's getting older. And yeah. and the Bucks definitely lose. The, the Bucks yeah, probably have the most to lose right now. It's hard to, yeah, I mean, I don't really know how you can say that there would be a winner if the season were just over by now. Like, everybody misses out. Like, well, right, really, right, right. Like, but then, but so the alternative is that they come back and they, they do the playoffs, but now the older guys are, what, a month off rust? Is that going to help them or is that going to hurt them that they haven't played in forever? I know they've been working out, obviously, as professionals, but that they haven't had game time in, in a month now. Would that be, or maybe two months? By the time it gets, who knows when it comes back? Let's say it would come back in June that they haven't played in few in a few months. Is that going to help the older guys or hurt them? Is it too much rest? And then Kawhi just comes back like the evil genius that he is because he's young and strong and and he has the upper hand. Yeah, but I mean, true. But. Um I don't know. I mean, I guess that would be the argument to try to salvage the regular season so they have some games to pick back up and to get back into shape. But, uh, I mean, it's... I mean, like you said, either way, there's always going to be somebody who benefits and somebody who doesn't. I mean, there are people who benefit and don't benefit from having an 82-game season. Right. And so, it's, uh... It just, um... There's no way to make everybody happy. I mean, that's just the players, and then when it comes down to the teams... Like you alluded to, there's going to be people upset that they didn't have their chance for the rest of the season to sneak back into the playoff picture, and then, um, and then you know there's going to be, and it's not even just making the playoffs, but the seeding position too, and then um, just, uh, and then because the the schedule will be so out of whack, I mean some people are going to be able to perform better than others, and some people are going to be off their game. And then there's also just the fact that because they've had to cancel so many games that the salary cap is just not going to be what it was, and there are going to be a lot of players who would have signed contracts or extensions who are going to hold that off for a year and hope that the salary cap recovers. Yeah, and so for those of you who don't know, what what, I, what we're talking about with the Bucks is that um, Giannis is on this next year, right? Would be his last season under contract with them? With the Bucks, yeah, next season. So this season, if I'm not mistaken, they were are they were the one seed in the East currently. Yeah, right? yeah, first seed overall. Yeah, first seed overall currently. And Giannis has he's he's not been somebody who's like making it vocal that he's going to force his way out, but he has mentioned multiple times before that he's he needs help and he's looking for an opportunity. He wants an opportunity to to take it. And they were, I mean, they're flying high right now first overall seed yeah you're right so uh, over everybody they were flying high so basically if the bucks miss out on this as their their best season and god knows how long now they lose basically one of the two chances that they had to keep their superstar which is a top five player in the league in my opinion um 
So, yeah, there's teams. And it's not – yes, Giannis is the biggest example of that. But there are other players who are in similar positions, the teams that could have, have hit the clutch and, and pulled the trigger this this season or had a better chance this season. Now they're going to lose out on a, on a year of contract with these players. Um, yeah, and um, this, this offseason wasn't really uh, made out to be a very exciting one anyways. There wasn't going to be a whole lot going on, but uh, and probably the highlight of it was going to be Giannis's decision, which I don't think... Uh, there, I mean, there's no way that he can hold it against Milwaukee if because of, like, everything going on. Like, I think everybody... I mean, of course, there's going to be... Even, even if they come back and are able to salvage the playoffs, like, there's... There's going to be a champion, but I think by the end of it, everybody is just going to look back and be like, yeah, this was a very weird year. Like, this is one of those asterisk kind of seasons. Exactly. And, uh, but, um, yeah, and so, it, but like you said, it's just one more, that's that's one year less that Milwaukee has in order to prove themselves, unless they are the ones who end up winning the whole damn thing, which is still pretty possible. But, um yeah, and so I don't think that even aside from that, I think even if he were to uh, win the championship this year with the Bucks, they come back and are able to win it. I still don't think that he has the incentive to sign the extension this summer because, uh, like I mentioned earlier, like the cap is going to be a problem, and so signing extensions. When you sign extensions, it's dependent on what the state of the salary cap is, and so there really is like no point in him signing one now like at all anymore like even if everything goes the way that he wants to it's still in his best interest to wait until he's actually a free agent the following year now so how does that work because you said that the the cap is going to be a a different so does the cap change every year like what do you mean that the cap is going to be a problem yeah, the cap changes based off of revenue every year, and so because there are so many, uh, you know, I'm making the assumption that there are going to be games that are missed, which means that there's that much revenue that the league misses out on, and and uh, the amount of money that teams are eligible, the the amount of money that the salary cap is set to each year is dependent on the revenue. So less games means less money that the teams can use on salary, and so that means less money that would go into Giannis's pocket. Okay. That makes sense. I thought it was uh, – I well, yeah, They, I mean, they got to have a CBA, right, because they have a players association. So yeah. I, I just figured that there was a set cap that would go through <clears throat> these three years or the next four years. I didn't know that it was so volatile like that, like it would change every year like that. Oh, no, it's, it's based off of – no, it's based off of the percentages. Like there is no – there is no set uh, salary cap number. Uh, the only time that – the only time that the salary cap is set is at the start of free agency because that's when they run all their numbers of how much money the league brought in the previous season. And then, like, pretty much that same... Because uh, I think you you may have heard of it. It's like the first week of NBA free agency is called a moratorium period. Mm-hmm. And what that means is that they can... Uh, they have an estimate of what the salary cap will be. And so players can still agree to deals based off of that estimate because it's not going to be that far off on what the actual number is. And that moratorium period is the league actually sorting out and seeing what that number is exactly. Okay, good. Gotcha. And, and so once that period is lifted, then the players can actually sign their deals. I see. Yeah, I could see how that could get a lot. How that could get pretty screwed up if... If uh, if and when we figure out what's going to happen with the, with the whole season, yeah, everybody who's going to be a free agent 
is basically screwed now. Like, this has been, like, like the, the cap spike that came in 2016, like, this summer is going to be the opposite of that. It's, like, I don't see a way that the league can bring back all of their games. I think they're going to have to cut out a huge chunk of the season, and it's going to hurt the players. And uh, it really sucks for them because, um, I mean, if I, was, if I was them, I mean, at that point, they would pretty much be incentivized to just take on a one-year deal so that way they can retry free agency the following year. But, um, yeah, for some, I mean, not everybody has a luxury of doing that. I mean, I mean, Giannis, I mean, he can afford just being on a one-year remainder deal because he knows he's getting the max the following year. And then there's a lot of players who don't know when's the next time they're going to be sought after as a free agent and have to take what they can get. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I see what you mean. I would, a lot of people would rather take a, or take some guaranteed signing money now than have to bet on themselves for another year. Not because they don't think that they're, they're good enough to do that, but because then you have the risk. If you wait another year, you got the risk of bad injury, uh, you know, some personal issue. If anything going on that can uh, affect the the money that comes to your pocket. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, and so um, it's really hard to tell what's going to happen over the summer. Like, not just like it's it's. I mean it. I'm just going to have to keep repeating it over and over again. Like, it, there's no way to tell how exactly things are going to turn out until it's safe to play again. Like, that will determine... That is a huge stepping stone into figuring out what the future of the league looks like. And um, and it's uh, it's everything. I mean, it's, it's um, you know, the remainder of the playoffs. It's determining a champion. It's what the stars are going to do. It's the, what the role players are going to do. It's figuring out when next season starts. And so, you know, figuring out um, how exactly does a asterisk year affect, uh, you know, the future of, of these stars who are contemplating moving? How does it affect the future of Coach Popovich? It's, um, you know, it's a, it's a lot of uh, different things. How does it affect DeMar DeRozan, who, uh, I don't know if you saw, but uh, apparently there were some reports that... Uh, uh, from a, from a reporter who's uh, always has had good sources within San Antonio, uh, Jabari Young, mm-hmm. who said that Demar wasn't really that happy anymore in San Antonio, and that odds are he's gonna find a way to split this summer. But I don't know. I'm, it changes I'm, a lot. I'm fine with that, man. If you're look, I love Demar. If he's not happy, obviously, a lot of the team is not happy. I don't think anybody on the team right now is happy. <clears throat> um, he's good. I mean, he's he's an all star. He He's not as good now as he used to be in Toronto or in his earlier years. But, hey, man, if he wants to split and find another place, that's cool. I understand. I mean, and a part of that is because I'm so ready to to just see what we have with the with the young guys. But um, the question that I was going to ask you is, is Pop, is he going to be around next year? What, what what is what is his what does his plan look like, do you think? I feel like he's going to come back simply because he has already committed to sticking with the Olympic team next year. And so okay. he has to, um, you know, that's a, that's a, that's another year from now. And I imagine that he's still going to want to be coaching. He doesn't want to come a year off of coaching and right back into it at this stage of the Olympics. That's true. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just, um, it just depends on, uh, like, I don't really, it's hard to tell like where he 
where his mind is at as far as like what is a good time to hang it up because you know for the i mean for like a decade we heard that he was going to retire when tim duncan retires Mm -hmm. and and then it became that uh you know he wanted to see things through with Kawhi and lamarcus and then he wanted and now he and now he seems more invested in the young guys and seeing what they can do and uh i don't know like i feel like uh i feel like he is either gonna retire when he just gets way too damn old or um he or if he feels like this group of young players isn't the group to turn the team around like i think if they have to go look for another batch of young guys i think he would call it quits after that um i don't know i don't think that they i don't know i i guess in all of this time without without sports going on live i've been obviously watching a lot of videos i'm, I'm sure you saw it uh, last week but i was watching the game uh when we beat the uh, pistons back in the uh what was it oh yeah oh five finals yeah 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 so i was watching that game right earlier actually i was watching the, the one in 2014 when we took the the thunder out in the semifinals um um so i, I just i got to thinking and i it's it's really hard to to say this as a as a lifelong Spurs fan, but I don't. Can we bounce back? Can we like? Can we make a return? Can we? Do we have the power that the Lakers had to go out for eight to ten years and then come back and be a front runner again? Like I don't know that we do. We don't have the market for that. L.A. can do that because they have. Everybody wants to be in L.A. There's no superstar that wants to be, especially after Pop is gone. There's no superstar that wants to be in San Antonio unless he's a homegrown superstar, and the chances of that happening are are far fetched. It's slim to none. So I don't know. It's kind of it, it's probably it was probably a mix of a little bit of cabin fever and some nostalgia. But I I got a little worried the other day. I don't I don't know that we can come back from it. Bro, that's what I've been saying for years now. <laughs> but, but I mean, like, I don't know, man. Because, like, and maybe I just need to see the kids play again because I see this team play and, and they're good. But what I mean is if – because I brought it up because right now you said if this isn't the group and if they have to go out and get another group of kids or of young guys, then Pop will leave. I don't know. If, if we have to go out and get another group, we're not going to get – like, we have to win with this group that we have. Sands, Damar, and LaMarcus, but – this young core that we have, we have to win. That's the only way that we stay relevant to free agents is if we win again. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, that's going to be the same culture that, you know, brought along the previous era of success. I mean, it wasn't that they were able to get big-time free agents. It was that they were able to... Well, first, they got lucky with Tim Duncan and with Manu, and then they kind of just grew out the rest of the roster from there. I mean, they kind of, um, it hinges on these decisions being, um, you know, perfectly executing these decisions about the young guys, because with, when you have a core like Tim Duncan and Manu Ginobili and Tony Parker, and then the other guys who are here along the ride too, like uh, David Robinson and Kawhi and LaMarcus, you know, your margin for error is bigger because you know you have stars who can lead the way and now that the you know that the future of the team is in question it's like razor thin now because you know we've we've talked so long about you know DeJounte being an up-and-coming star and Derek White 
being a solid safety guard, you know, that we can depend on. And Lonnie, um, you know, being a pretty raw player, but being of the belief that once he's able to refine his skills, that he can be the leader of the team. And um, and then, you know, we still have to see what the, what we, the jury's still out on guys like Luca and Chemezi and um, seeing what uh, the other guys can do, like Trey Lyles, and seeing how long the vets like Patty stick around. And then, you know, if they're able to get a high lottery pick this year or next year, then, you know, it depends on them knocking that out too. But, you know, that's just thing after thing after thing that they have to make sure that they get right. And then if one of those don't work out, then it leaves a much bigger hole. Like, you know, back, you know, back in, uh, you know, at the height of the Spurs' uh, supremacy, I guess. I mean, you can miss on Jan Mahimi. You can miss on Baino Udra. And, uh... Um, who else? Who else am I missing? There's you can miss on James Anderson, but um, now if we miss on Alani or Dejounte, that's big time. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and and you know, with each passing year, you know, teams get smarter and smarter about how to scout, how to scout internationally, how to scout these uh, these international leagues and the D League, and. Uh, yeah, and so the thing was about it is that these things that San Antonio was ahead of the curve on, uh, you know, the league isn't that far behind them anymore. And, you know, not only is the margin razor thin on their decision-making, but, you know, their lead, if they still have it, on the rest of the league as far as development goes, you know, it's not, it's not that big of a lead anymore either. And not to say that they can't do it, but it just makes these decisions much more crucial. Yeah, we have a lot less room for error now than we used to have the last 15 years or so, even more, actually, the last 20 years. Um, so, yeah, yeah it's, exactly. it's 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 scary to think about as a fan, like I said, because it's something it's hard to come by. It's hard to come back from. Like, like I mentioned earlier, if you're the Knicks, yeah, you suck and you suck and you suck and you suck. But and really now, not so much as it used to be right ever since fucking Kevin Durant said, well, the Knicks ain't cool no more. Like no one wants to go to the Knicks. But you still have the city. You guys still got New York. You still yeah. have L.A. You still have Miami. You know, I don't know, man. It's 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 tough to it's tough to think about. Um, but yeah, that's kind of why I want. That's okay, Demar. Go if you gotta go, go. And Lamarcus too. If you want to go back to Portland or you want to go to L.A. or you want to go to whoever, go ahead. Y'all get your shot. Get a better chance somewhere else, and and let us figure shit out here. You know I'm saying because we have to. We can't waste any more time. And then the counter to that would be, do these guys have DeRozan or Aldridge potential? Because if they don't, then we just got rid of our best players for, for what? Well, at, I mean, but at that point, at least, at least, if we get rid of our best players and then we don't have any stars or anybody to carry us to the playoffs or anything like that, then at the very least, we can take shots in the lottery. And you have, obviously, yeah, not every lottery pick ends up being a star or anything like that, but you have a better chance at finding one there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and then there and then there, that begins the next, uh, you know, the, the, the wheel spins again as far as, you know, trying to get the team back on track and being back 
into a contender and we're pretty much living the reality that all of the small market teams are going through too like you look at these you know like you said with these big markets you know they can rely on the market helping them out but you look at the other teams who um are good who don't come from a big market like it depended on very very important decisions like Denver is as good as they are because they got Nikola Jokic who was a mid second round pick the Bucks are as good as they are because they got Giannis who was a mid first round pick who needed like three years to develop you know um shoot like who else is out there um Philly had to go through the process where they were like four years like horrible horrible yeah first pick first pick first pick (laughs) Yeah, and they're still not there. Yeah. Like they like they're still not going to make it to the finals. Mm-hmm. And uh and th- th- you know, they're a prime example of like even if you have these top picks, like nothing is certain. It's like mm-hmm. they blew it on Jaleel Okafor, they blew it on I mean, it wasn't really their fault, but they did blow it on Markel Fultz. Mm-hmm. And uh and uh there's somebody else that I'm I think there's somebody else that I'm missing, but I can't I can't Oh, uh, Nerlens Noel too. Oh yeah. And yeah, and so yeah, that's that's a sign that even if you do all the things that you think are right, I mean, it still can come back to bite you later. I mean, they they ended up doing well for themselves. I mean, getting Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, and Josh Richardson, having Jimmy Butler for a year, having JJ Redick for a couple of years. I mean, that's still something to be happy about. But to go through all of that and then still feel like you're a ways off from it, that's that's a lot. And yeah, and to even think about San Antonio being at the level Philly's at now, like that's going to take a lot of time to get to. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm, a, I'm just we got to bank on, and the and then the thing the the other thing is that the game is moving so fast that there's not. I mean, I I coach community ball like the kids. I coach kids here from fucking seven years old all the way to thirteen. They don't want to play fundamental ball they want to play warriors fast-paced ball they want to look like damian lillard out there they want to play the game is changing uh, against the basketball that that people would want would come to san antonio to play you know what i mean so that's just another break that we Mm -hmm. have stacked against us like it's not these kids aren't sitting at home watching that youtube video the beautiful game when we're moving the ball around they compare us to to listening to mozart or anything these kids don't care about that like they're they want to jack up threes and the culture in san antonio to this day hasn't been that uh, i know we're getting we're, we're we're getting younger so it's getting a little better and we, we're trying to keep up there but our strength was always the the movement of the ball and the fundamental and, and that's not what what these these rising stars or potential future stars are looking to play yeah and i would say that's um i mean i can see the downside of it like i do think that right now there is an oversaturation of that kind of style like i don't like I, I do think that the NBA do does need to. I think the NBA is at a point where they have to seriously consider changing rules or changing the court itself in order to just make the game more interesting and more, um, more uh, structure the game in a way that requires more like critical thinking, intellectual thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, at the same time, you know, you can't really. It's easy to call. It's easy to say that everyone just needs to play like the beautiful game Spurs, but that's a lot easier said than done when you have Tim Duncan and Tony and Manu and Kawhi Leonard leading that charge, and then um, you have guys who um, were very comfortable moving the ball like Tiago Splitter, Patty Mills, Matt Bonner, um, guys who guys who knew 
guys who knew how to play that game, like that was the reason why we hit, we never seen a team like that is because you know their level of of you know synchronization was you know one that I don't think has ever been matched before. Right. And so it's really, really hard to pull that off, even with really good players like the Spurs did. Because, like, even the year before that, when they lost to Miami, they weren't that far off from playing style from what they did the following year. It was just that, you know, Miami was that good, playing with a strong big three and just trying to figure it out after that. And, um, you know, it's just... um, With San Antonio, I know how much Pop wants to revive that beautiful game and pick players who know how to play within a system but you know you can only it feels like at this uh, point in the league you can only go so far with that and you really do need somebody like a Lillard like a James Harden like a Kevin Durant who can just get their own shot and you know that's that's a lot easier said than done those guys don't come by you know that easily can you believe it's been seven years since we won like it yeah, doesn't man. seem like that to me. Like, cause I feel like when we, cause when we did win, right, we won in twenty fourteen, and it had been seven years since we had won the la- the previous one, and I I feel like, but I yeah. guess because we were still going through school and we kind of grew up and got out of the grade school era, uh, but I feel like that gap was long, and then I think about how we're in the same exact boat now, and it just doesn't. Like, I'm surprised. I'm, it's I'm dumbfounded. I can't believe it's been that long. Yeah, I mean, what, 2007, well, that was 7th grade for us, mm-hmm. or 8th grade eighth for us, grade. I think. Yeah. And then the next title was my senior year of college. Yeah. And, yeah, now here we are, uh, what, like a couple years away from our 30s now. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, man, I mean, you look back at it, and it, it doesn't feel like that far away until you watch this team, and it's like, yeah, the only people who are left from this team are patty and pop and, and bellinelli include, yeah if you want to include marco who left for a few years and came yeah. back but that's and also how long it's been he's been able to go to another team get another contract hey, he's been on two other teams and then yeah he back. signed a he signed a fat ass deal with sacramento and then he went to philly where yeah. he was actually really helpful for them too but unfortunately he hasn't really been that for san antonio since he's been back yeah, but I don't know. It's just, uh, I would say, best thing for a Spurs fan to do is start looking at highlights of lottery players. Yeah, and seeing, and seeing who we can end up with. Play the Tankathon game. See how how quickly you can get the Spurs to the number one pick. And uh, yeah, man, because it's gonna be. I mean, it's it's going to be one of those years. I mean, I don't think the season is going to come back with enough time for the Spurs to make it back. And uh, it, they have to move on with the draft and with free agency in some form or fashion. And uh, the the upside is this: is that and correct me if I'm wrong here, but we were last place in the league in '98. Um, I think we were like second to last or third to last okay, well, I don't think we had the best odds but we were close to it right we were we were down there we were much worse off than we are now and the one smart pick the I mean obviously it was the easy pick he was the first overall pick but the one piece like we're we could we could just be one piece away from turning it around in a year because then we won right after that 
Uh, yeah. And so, uh, so yeah, I mean, it might be, you may, we may be seeing the end of an, of an era or the end of a dynasty. And we may be right at the brink of, of turning it all around and getting back in there. So it's going to be interesting to see. And you know, they were tanking that year anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it worked. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which is bullshit that they didn't want to go forward with it this time around, but oh well. <laughs> but um yeah no I don't know what's gonna go I don't know what's gonna happen next with the team I mean this is a um, very you know this is as unsteady of a ground as they've been on like shit I don't know since uh, I don't even know when's the last time the team was in question this badly I mean it was probably like in the 80s or something like I mean ever since they got uh, ever since they got uh, David Robinson and Sean Elliott I mean they I mean you know, for, like, the entire, like, 30, 30, 35 year span, I mean, they haven't been contenders every single year, but they've been there, mm -hmm. and uh, you can't really say that about this team now. Like, they're kind of just, you know, they're falling apart. I mean, you know, this is, you know, this is a team who, you know, Lonnie Walker scored 28 points to beat Houston, and this is also the same team who got swept by Cleveland and Atlanta. It's, it's like... What this has been it's been very hard to try to figure out what this team is actually capable of because they win good games and they lose bad games mm -hmm. yeah I hear you man I hear you I'm, I'm anxious to see how it's all going to play out and, and I'm, I'm ready for it's probably another reason why I'm okay with just watching the season obviously because of the Spurs not being in the playoffs so far but also because I'm, I'm ready to see how this draft I'm ready to see what we get what pick we get I'm ready to see what move we make what off season things we do who do we keep who do we try and discard um, I just want to I want to see the future for the team already and it's difficult to wait um, let's say among the young guys um, DeJounte Derek Lonnie um, you could include uh, Luca and Chemezi and Jakob um which one of those guys do you trust the least and trust the most to be a high caliber player? Um, I now we'll get rid of Chemezi because Chemezi is not still not on this yeah, point at yeah. that point. I think yeah, of so those, who, I, I would I I hate to say it because he did really well last year, but I, me personally, I just don't. I wouldn't trust Derek White to end up being a high caliber player. I, I trust the other guys more, and really, I mean, we haven't seen much of Luca, but I, I like the guy. I really do. I saw his videos from before he came into the league, and and I really, really want to see what he can do. And trust the most, I still say, I still got to say Dejounte, just because of his professionalism, his attitude, his his maturity. Like, I trust him to be able to do, to be in the gym working, and to do what he has to do to be a star. Um. Why 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 don't you trust Derek? I just I don't know honestly I don't know like I said it's it's tough because he did well last year and and when in in Dejounte's absence Derek really stepped up I so I don't know it's not like oh well, I don't like a shot or I don't like the way he crosses or it's nothing it's not one certain thing it's just that out of that group of guys if I had to discard one it would be Derek I'd keep on I'd keep hold of Lonnie Dejounte Luca okay so what do you like more about those guys than Derek? I feel like they have more moxie. Well, the maturity is DeJounte. DeJounte has all the maturity in the world, all the professionalism in the world, and he's hungry. 
and Lonnie, I feel like just has he has all the talent. He just hasn't gotten all the opportunity. Um, and Luca, I feel I think has probably the most potential of all of them, given given the right uh, system. There has, I think Derek is probably the most divisive one, and it doesn't help that uh, I think they have to decide on a contract for him like next year, Mm -hmm. and also he is the oldest of the group too. Like I think everybody else is like 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 twenty two, twenty three, and Derek is. I think it's going to be 27 by the time he's up for another contract. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is a part of me, though, that wonders, is, like, if he if he were the guy, like, if DeJounte were gone, how much better would he be f- trying to fill in those shoes? Like, I, I just think back at... Uh, he's, De- Derek, he doesn't... You know, I'll give it to you that he does not really seem to be like a player with a high ceiling, but I can't, you know, I keep going back to the fact that he doesn't really make mistakes. Like, he plays like such a veteran already. Um, you know, he, I mean, Pop trusted him enough to be on the World Cup roster last year, and um, he, uh, I think that, uh, and he, and he he's he's like selfless to a fault also like he does pass up a lot of shots he does i think he tries too hard to get other people involved when he could just you know create for himself and i think to myself you know maybe he's not cut out to be this kind of player but i think to myself like if he if pop were to tell him just like if if pop if they were to trade Dejounte and pop was like all right Derek it's your turn to be the point guard now you're going to be the one you're going to be playing 30 35 minutes a game now and you're going to be the one handling the ball. You know, like, how would he perform then? I can't help but think that it would be really good. But, I mean, it was because it's – and it's because of that season. It was because of that the the season where we didn't have DeJounte. I know what you're saying. Back against the wall, he'll probably come out swinging and, and do what – I just don't – I don't think he has the killer instinct, the, the – like I said earlier, the moxie to be to be the point guard, to lead the team to a championship. I think he's too, too. From what I know, anyways, from what I've seen, I haven't seen every one of his games, but from, from what I understand, I, I just I could I would trust any of the other guys to, to, to be more bold in those situations and to be more like Dejounte will play against anybody. He'll defend anybody. And another guy who is the same age as Derek is Bryn. We forgot to mention Bryn Forbes, and he's more of a three-point like kind of a role player guy but I like Bryn a lot because Bryn he has that it's not like flash and pizzazz but he does have that swagger like if you ever notice he'll man he'll make a shot or or something there'll be a tie-up and something he puffs out his chest and he's not he's not the biggest guy on the court he's never the biggest guy on the court but he walks with that just demeanor like he wants to ball and he knows what he's there to do and no one's going to take that ball from him and no one's going to change his game and I, I like that about him. And that's that's just something that I don't see in Derek. I don't see that killer instinct in him. Yeah, um, I don't know. It's I, uh, I think the one that, albeit 
I do think that he is over glorified, but I think if I had to put stock in one guy, it would be Lonnie. Mm-hmm. I think he, you know, has shown flashes. He's already the most athletic person on the team. And, you know, he's shown that, you know, when he's out there, he has a very, very high motor. He is, you know, sometimes to a fall, overly energetic. I mean, he loves to just try to, he loves to just try to beat everybody to the punch and it results in turnovers. It results in miscues on defense. And it's like, you know, he has all of this uh, energy, but he doesn't know how to properly expel it. And, um, but I do think that, you know, with time, I mean, this is, I mean, last year was on and off for him because he had a, he had a hamstring injury and he played in the D league. And then this year was his first year getting some meaningful minutes. But I do think that moving forward from here, I really do like his trajectory. Um, I mean, between him and between DeJounte and Derek, that's pretty much a toss up to me. I feel like eventually Derek is going to be on the way out because they have to make a decision on him sooner. And I think that if they can move Derek for, um, you know, like for a strong veteran or for another draft pick, they would do it. It's just so um, DeJounte and Lonnie can uh, be more ready to lead the backcourt. Yeah, and I feel like and they then, have better chemistry, those two guys. They, they get along well together. They're always talking to each other obviously it's on social media we don't see them out having dinner because we don't live there but um they always are tagging each other they're always talking to each other they're always hyping each other up i feel like those two guys um they carry the chemistry of of the young group yeah yeah and then um luca i mean who knows about luca he hasn't really played much this year um i mean they have to believe in him to a certain degree in order to uh in order to uh, take him with the with their first uh, first round pick last year, and uh, oh shit, I can't believe I even forgot about Keldon Johnson. Oh yeah, that's right. I really really like Keldon Johnson. Yeah. Like I think he like he hasn't played that much, but he has been like so productive in his minutes. Like he's already a strong defender, and um, he's a strong defender. He is a lot stronger than what he looks. He just he looks like a wiry like three and D guy, but he makes a lot of plays like getting to the paint, posting people up, like out muscling people, getting to the basket, and he doesn't have a strong three, but uh, you know he still has a he still has a functional three pointer, and uh, I mean I honestly I think he's already played well enough to the point where I think that they should let Rudy Gay go and give him all of his minutes. Wow. Like, I really like him a lot. Like, I don't know about highest ceiling on the team. I, I think I think that after Derek, because Derek isn't exactly one of the young guys, but I think of the super young guys, uh, I think he's the one with the highest floor. Like, I okay. think if, if you can... If you can guarantee me that one of those guys would be a solid starter, I think it would be Keldon. And so I don't think I wouldn't pick him to be the star or the leader of the team, but I would, I would say that he has like the most safe career ahead of him. Wow. Okay. That's that's something big to say. Yeah, but um, yeah, man, I don't know. It's just there's a whole lot to figure out. Um, 
I'm sure whoever they pick, and you know, just depending on where they end up in the draft this year, I mean, I think right now they're projected to be like ninth or something. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, you know, with the lottery odds, I mean, they could be first, they could be eleventh, mm-hmm. who knows? And uh, yeah, and there's a lot of, and this is the, like this. I mean, we can get into this at a later period too. But this is like the strangest draft mm-hmm. to have a high pick in because there's nobody. There's no clear consensus on, like, a top crop of players. Mm-hmm. Like, there is no, like, single group of players who's above the others. Like, I can... I would not be surprised if the person picked eighth is better than the person picked first. Mm-hmm. Like, it's... Uh, it's I think, I think it's loaded with a lot of good players. Like, I think this is, like, a good pool of people who, you know, you'll see filling out the league as, like, starters and sixth men and seventh men. But as far as like number one guys, I'm I'm not sure about that. So I think uh, it would this would be the draft to pick another solid guy to, um, you know, just join the ranks and be another guy uh, fitting in within the system along with Lonnie and Dejounte and Luca and Kelton. Yeah, I'm, I mean that that's the bright side, right? That there's there's no, yeah, there's no super. 100% sure shot superstars, but there's also nobody that you're like, that, there's probably nobody that you're going to super tank on, you know what I mean? Like that you're, that you pick them up and it's just going to be disastrous. Like a, like a, a Jamarcus Russell in the NFL or something that, like there's, there's, yeah. there's a pretty high floor. The, an- the, the Anthony Bennett's, the yeah, Andrea exactly, Bargnani's, exactly. the Darko's. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something good. I mean, that's, that's a side note. Um, have you seen? Uh, before we go, I just want to kind of talk about. The, have you or just ask? Have you seen Basketball or Nothing? On, no, on what Netflix? is that? It's a so I just watched it yesterday. It's a six part docu series or six episode docu series. It's pretty good. It's not like I'm not going to run around posting flyers about it. Oh my god, this is the greatest thing ever! Like it's not that. But if you you know it's quarantine days, if you're bored and you like. Basketball. So, basketball or nothing is a is a docu series about a. It's called Chin Lee High School, and it's a a school in the reservation in the Navajo reservation. It's in the heart of Navajo Nation in, in Arizona, and uh, I mean the Navajos. They're full blood Navajos. And they're all shorter guys. Like none of them are really big, but they're very fast. And they play this thing uh-huh. called. Uh, they play this thing called res ball, and uh, I mean it's basketball, but it's their style of play. It's reservation basketball. And what they do is they're just boss to the wall, gung ho all day, every day, like uh, the whole game. They try to their plan is to outrun everybody else. Since everybody's bigger than them, they try to tire them out and whatnot. But they get this okay. they get this new coach that comes in and he's a more traditional. Uh, been to the final four multiple times. Like he's a more traditional defensive coach. So it follows them throughout their season. They've never won the state championship. So this this show is about them. Uh, it, it was like widely regarded that this was their their best chance this season. And uh, and yeah, it just follows uh-huh. these high school kids all the, all the way through. It's okay. it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's it, and it ends really well. Like, uh, not I'm not spoiling anything. Trust me, you you don't know what that means because there's a bunch of stuff that could happen. Um, but it, it it's uh it's a good show. I like it. If you or get bored during the quarantine, check it out. What else have you been watching or doing over this quarantine period? Uh, what did I what did I finish watching? I can't remember what show I just finished watching, but I know I just started um, today. I started McMillions on HBO. 
Oh, I heard that was good. Dude, yeah, I'm only like two episodes in, and, and that one also is a six part, is a six episode thing. Um, but that one, I mean, it's been fucking awesome. Oh, the one that is I that just the one, what's go ahead. Is that the one where it's like about like that whole like monopoly game that yeah. turned out to be like a, a whole scandal that nobody realized? Yeah, yeah, it was a fraud uh, back in the so it was it ran from '87 to '01, I think, the first time it came around. And uh, uh-huh. yeah, it was. It ended up the FBI got into it. It was a big investigation. The first three winners of the million dollar prize were all related, but they had different. Oh really? Yeah, they had different last names, so it never really pinged on anybody's radar. Um, but yeah, it became this whole big thing about how it was a scam and 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 they had it rigged basically. So that one's pretty cool. And then obviously, because I don't live under a rock, I also just finished uh, Tiger King on Saturday. I still haven't seen that one. You haven't? Dude, it's... No. It's... Oh, my God. It's crazy. Like, it, <laughs> it's just not... I mean, the reason why... Because I, when I watch the previews or whatever, because, you know, they, they, they throw the trailer on there on Netflix. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I wouldn't even watch the whole trailer because I saw the, the title page and the and the art and stuff, and I was like, dude, this looks so stupid. Like, this is yeah. dumb. <laughs> and then... Little by little, I would see, obviously, people that are quarantined and so bored that they just watched it. Little by little, I would see somebody post here and there, like, oh, my God, this show's pretty crazy. This show's pretty crazy. And then I finally, I was like, nah, fuck it, man. I'm going to watch it. And, yeah, it is absolutely not what I thought I was going to be watching. Like, I thought I was going to be watching (laughs) one show, and I ended up watching something, like, ten times out of my realm of imagination for that. It was fucking crazy. And it's just insane, like that these people actually are real like that they exist and and it and it is real because yeah. you can look <laughs> it up like it's public record like it is real that this shit happened and none of us had any idea it's crazy dude yeah 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 now um any any other any other recommendations um no i don't nothing that i can think of right now i'm gonna start letter to the king if you like game of thrones letter to the king on netflix uh, it's a seven episode, docu- or not docuseries, but a seven episode series that looks, I haven't watched it yet, but the, by the trailer, it looks basically like it's Netflix's Game of Thrones. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Yeah, now, um, since, uh, shit, what have I been doing? Uh, I've been playing a shitload of games. Uh, anybody who has a Switch, feel free to contact me for my friend ID. <laughs> If you have Animal Crossing, all the better. You can come visit my village. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, fuck, what else have I been doing? I started, uh, oh, you know, I start, I mean, this isn't anything new, but I started watching, um, Gordon Ramsay's show, Hell's Kitchen. Oh, yeah, I haven't and seen that. I've seen, like, vid- YouTube videos of it, but I've never seen an episode. <laughs> That's the fucking funniest show ever. <laughs> like, I don't even care who wins. Like, I'm just watching just to see Gordon Ramsay shit all over these people. <laughs> Like, that is the funniest thing. Like, I love that show so much. And it's, like, it's just so funny. And also, like, makes me wonder, like, how difficult is it really to work in a kitchen? Because these are all aspiring chefs who somehow forget how to cook an egg in the kitchen with Gordon Ramsay. It's, like, what the, like, like, really, like, how, like, what exactly goes on in a kitchen? But that that one's super funny. Um, I just, oh, I just finished this show on Netflix called Hentified. Which oh, is yeah. like, uh, yeah, play on words for gentrified. It's about this group of, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a Hispanic family and um, like a, a not a, like an underprivileged part of LA, who owns like a little uh, taco shop and they're trying to do, 
what they can to uh, to uh, make rent, and it's a you know, and all the older people are you know your typical like Mexican grandparents and aunts and uncles, and all the and all the younger people who they rely on to help revive the shop are all people like you know struggling with their identities who are who you know are much more like American and like one of the main characters you know it's like always being challenged with his you know Hispanic identity because you know he went to he went to cooking school and he doesn't speak he doesn't really speak Spanish and you know all this stuff you know went away to like some other school in another state and stuff and uh, that's that's a it's a uh, it's a good show. Yeah, I I've like seen, that one I've, too. Ne- I've never watched it, but I've seen it. Um, like I, like like the other shows come across my timeline or come across uh, uh, the Netflix banner, but I, I haven't seen it. But I'll, I'll check it out. Sounds pretty cool. Yeah, and uh, what else have I been watching? Oh, the other day uh, we were talking on Twitter about um, the uh, Full Metal Alchemist. Yes, dude. Um, yes. I. Um, I started well. I I had been watching it, but I you know I've been able to watch more of it over this time period. But there's another anime called My Hero Academia. I've heard about that one, and that was the one that I was supposed to watch right after Full Metal because I was put onto it, but I still haven't seen it. I yeah, that one I have not. I don't think I've seen an anime that has hooked me like Full Metal Alchemist until I saw My Hero Academia. Really? That. That one is really, really good. And that's on Hulu, like right? It. It's on Hulu. Um, very different kind of plot line than than Full Metal Alchemist, but still very, very good. Mm-hmm. A lot, you know, a lot of action, a lot of, uh, you know, you know, kind of like the running theme of anime is like, you know, prideful, you know, self growth and right. things like that. Yeah. But uh, uh, it's about uh, just a quick synopsis. It's about. It's about this future world where, like, all the kids are, like, born with superpowers, and it follows the one kid who was not born with superpowers, and how he's the one who still wants to figure out a way to become a hero. And, uh, it's really, yeah, I, I would highly, highly cool. recommend that. And so what is, what? Is, is, is that his name? Oh, no, 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 no. It's, uh, it's, it's called My Hero Academia because he is, uh, he enrolls in a school where uh, the kids are trained to be heroes. Oh, okay. That does sound pretty cool. No, I definitely, like I said, multiple people, because it had been a long time since I had watched any anime, but a couple years ago I was in, uh, I was across, I had gone to Virginia for, for work, and I was there for two weeks in a hotel room, so I was like, man, fuck it, I'm going to try this out. Somebody had told me about it, and, and yeah, in two weeks I sat down and I watched the, probably in a week I watched the whole the Full Metal Alchemist, and then recently, uh, um, a buddy of mine, Nemo, he started watching Seven Deadly Sins on Netflix, and uh, and I don't think I've seen that. One. I th- I want to say it's a Netflix original. I'm not entirely sure, but I know that Netflix is getting into that whole anime thing now. Um, so uh, so yeah, we had just like the day that you posted that we had just convinced Devin to watch it. So he's been like texting me here, here and now and then, like every now and then about about episodes and shit. Right? Because everybody, oh, I'm not for any of you that haven't seen it. I want to ruin it, but if you remember in the very beginning, like for Full Metal Alchemist, it's like oh badass, this show's gonna be fucking cool, and there's like action and shit, and you're like badass. And then I think it's the second episode or the third episode with with the dog. Yeah, yeah, and and then right away it's like everyone has the same experience. It's like, oh hell yeah, it's gonna be cool. 
and then it's like, oh fuck, this is dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and Hell yeah. and he did the same thing. He texts us and he's like, yeah, it does look pretty cool. And then like an hour later, he texts us and he's like, bro, this is real. <laughs> this is fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. No, yeah, it was definitely yeah. That's the moment in the show where you're like, okay, I'm in for something very different than what I thought of. Yeah. And uh, no, yeah, no, that one's really really good. Um, have you ever seen One Punch Man? I heard that one was super funny. I haven't seen that, but I heard it was. I heard it was good. Like my cousin Serge said that it was hilarious. Yeah, that's like the fucking funniest anime that mm-hmm. I've ever seen. It's like basically a parody of Dragon Ball Z. Mm-hmm. It's about this superhero who can literally beat anybody with one punch, <laughs> and the whole plot is that he tries to find somebody who can actually put up a good fight against him. <laughs> that's badass. It's, su- it's super funny. And uh, before we, yeah, I'll just, I don't want to go too far into that right, and make right. this like a whole anime thing. But yeah, watch, yeah, watch My Hero Academia, watch One Punch Man, watch Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Brotherhood, not the original yeah, yeah, yeah. Brotherhood. Brotherhood is, they have, and they have some of the same episodes, I think, but Brotherhood is just, it has a lot of extra stuff. Yeah, uh, well, the original Full Metal Alchemist kind of did like a Game of Thrones thing where it, where it outpaced the manga and it became its own plot line. Right, right. And Brotherhood was written exactly the way it was meant to be written. Mm-hmm. And uh, did you see this? Uh, before we go, quick bit of news from the NBA. They are planning a tournament, an NBA 2K tournament. Oh, with, really? With e- yeah, with one player from each team representing that team in the 2K tournament. That's badass. <laughs> That's something. That's what I was telling Elise the other day. I was like, she was like, oh, I, I can't even imagine how you feel right now you haven't been able to watch anything oh because i've been playing a lot of call of duty warzone lately and she yeah and she's like uh so this is what you do when there's no sports and i was like man i've been trying to put 2k games on simulation and just like <laughs> watch those <laughs> <laughs> yeah no yeah i gotta i just downloaded warzone so like i haven't played call of duty in forever but i'm gonna try to pick it back up yeah i hadn't i i've been dating at least a little over a year now and there hasn't been a game since like Modern Warfare came out that I really, really got into. I used to play online all the time, man, hours and yeah. hours. But in years, years, I haven't had a game like that. Well, she'd never seen that side of me. So this this game comes out, and then this whole shit happens. So on the weekends, we don't do anything. We don't go anywhere. So I'm literally just playing. All, I love it, man. It's such a good game, such a good game. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay, well... Since we are in this uh, moment in history where pretty much all forms of entertainment are put on pause other than streaming services and things that we can control, um, I mean, feel free to put in suggestions as far as what we can talk about. I mean, we're still going to talk about sports-related news, what we can talk about. There has been stuff that has happened since then. I mean, we'll keep you posted on NBA stuff. There has been a lot of changes in NFL free agency, too. And... uh, you know, depending on how long this lasts, I mean, we're going to run out of ideas. So feel free to let us know what you want us to talk about. And, uh, yeah, um, I, don't, I don't really know what else to add. Do you have anything more? No, no, I like that idea, though. I, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what, what you guys – I mean, whether it – anything, anything. Literally, obviously, we love we love sports. We love talking about sports. But if you got something that's going on in pop culture or you want some kind of opinion, I've been making March Madness brackets for, like, movies and 90s hip-hop love oh, songs. Yeah, I like, saw that. Like, uh-huh. that, anything. Like, if y'all have a question about anything or any topic that you want to hear, I'm, I'm down. That'd be cool. 
Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, I guess this is a good place to wrap up. Uh, this has been the return of Double Shot Sports Podcast. Not in quarantine just yet. Even if we are, we can still pull through. Mm-hmm. Shit, we may even have it now and I even realize it. <laughs> but, uh, anywho, welcome back, Hector. Welcome back, Double Shot. Welcome back, everybody listening. And uh, we'll see y'all next time. Stay safe.